Brandon, come on up. Uh, we have two ladies. Yeah, that's y'all. Come on. <laughs> uh, Gretchen Lynch is a graduating senior, uh, and she is going to do our scripture reading uh, for us today. You, his servants, the descendants of Israel, his chosen ones, the children of Jacob. He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. Amen. Amen. And Kaylee Lowry is also a graduating senior, a very nervous graduating senior. You know, and I want to tell you, this is, this is not an easy thing, standing in front of a group of people. I've been doing it a long time, and I still get nervous. You know, it makes me nervous, and you, you, I have a cheat sheet uh, because you forget. And she is going to, uh, you're going to cry? That's good. That's all right. That's all right. <laughs> but here's the thing, and I'll tell you all, and I'm, I'm proud of these girls. I'm proud of every every whatever age group stands up here because if you're if you're not nervous standing in front of a group of people reading the word of god something's wrong and as you share you should this is this is a very important thing and a very serious thing and i appreciate you that and she's going to read for us a prayer uh here from scripture the lord bless you and keep you the lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you the lord turn his face towards you and give you peace Let's pray. (laughs) Dear Lord, I just want to come to you today and just thank you for the church and all the leaders in it. Um, And I want to especially thank you for Brandon and how he's just helped all of us and all the hard work he's put in for us. And I just pray for all of the seniors and our futures. Amen. 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 We're proud of of our youth. As a lot, a lot of things change in youth ministry. Uh, being a former youth minister, well, the obvious thing that's changed is wardrobe. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you talking about me? I'm talking about mine. Well, yes, yes, because I never dressed like that. But that's cool. I, I am, I am proud of that. You look like my father-in-law's closet, actually. And I, I think, I mean, that's that. That was. That's, that's, that's bold and brave, and I'm proud of that. Right. Hairstyles have changed as well. I, you know, had long hair and a mullet one time. That's right. You could get it. You I could got get it. it. I got you could it. get it. Uh, but I want to tell you, I'm proud of this man right here. Um, three years ago, he was folding shirts and hanging up worms at the honey hole, and he stepped in. Uh, actually, I don't know. How old are you? 26? 27. 27. Wow. Uh, when he was 17, he showed up across the way at the Howard building. And I was the youth minister, and I tried to send him to a CR group. I looked um, a little rough. And uh, he said, no, man, I'm a junior in high school uh, uh, <laughs> looking for the youth. I was like, well, come on in, buddy. Um, but it's a, uh, a privilege to watch him grow and the way he interacts and the way he loves and loves big, loves big and loves deep. And if you've ever interacted with Brandon, you know that. He loves big, he loves deep, and I'm real proud of the work that he has done. He is a uh, 4.0 student uh, at Harding uh, online. And look, online is rough. And uh, and I saw it, but I can't remember. What's, what's the awards you got there? Most Outstanding Student. Most Outstanding Student in his class as he looks towards graduation. And so... Really, really proud. It takes a lot to do online studies. And when you do some theological stuff, it's, it's, it's a lot of reading, a lot of writing, a lot of thinking. And, and everything he's done, I'm real proud of you. And he is going to share with us today, and I'm going to pray for him as we get started. 
Father, I thank you for Brandon. I thank you for the way he leads, the way he is so open to learn and how humble he is. And I thank you for what he's poured into our our teenagers and and what he will continue to pour in them. This group, I know, of seniors is, has a, a special connection to him, and, and we honor that and appreciate that. I thank you for the man he is, the student of your word he is. Uh, for Christian, who also leads with these ladies uh, in our group and also in, in worship and so much, thank you for their life together. Thank you for sending them both our way so many years ago now, and, and we, we pray for him now as he shares with us uh, from your word through Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, I uh, promised Dana Lowry I wasn't going to cry. She's already cried. Dana, you're already crying. Now, I, I swore that I wouldn't cry. David tried to get me. I, I was welling up some tears in my eyes, but uh, I'm not going to do it. You're not going to see tears come from me today, hopefully. Um, I can't promise anything. I'm an emotional man. I can't help it. Um, it's, all, it's all due to really y'all uh, for accepting me into this family. Um, y'all have given me something that I've always wanted, so I really am appreciative of you trusting me uh, with your kids, but also just supporting me and lifting me up. Uh, so, like I said, not going to cry. The, uh, I thought about, you know, this is a bittersweet day for me. Um, I have these seniors that I love, that I care about. I've watched them grow up now from 2019 to 2022, which covers like their freshman year all the way to their senior year. And, and man, it's just been a blessing to watch them grow. And now they're at this final point in our time together uh, in the youth group. And man, I'm just like wrestling with all these emotions and how I feel. And it's bittersweet. That's all I can say about it is because I love these kids. I'm so proud of them. I know they're going to continue to do incredible things. But man, I'm, I'm a selfish creature. and I want them to stay with me so badly. But I know it can't be that way. And I thought about, man, what's one thing that I could say to these kids or to these to these young adults now. What's the thing that I can say? And, and David and I were talking. We're, it's so fitting that we're reaching the end of 1 Corinthians. Um, we've reached the last chapter in 16. And, and there's this uh, there's these verses in here that, that I feel like, man, I don't need to stray too far from this. That this is the perfect thing. And uh, what's funny is that, you know, in the uh, ESV version, this, this, this section is called a final instruction. And basically, I don't know about you, but 16 chapters of a letter, that's a lot. That's a lot. And I imagine like the first Corinthian church getting this letter from Paul and they're kind of excited and like they get it and it's like a textbook and they're like, oh my goodness. And like getting through 16 chapters, like that's, that's tough. And, but they go through and they're reading and he finally gets to the end and, and, and this point he's like, what do I need to hammer home? What is the one thing that I want them to know? And what's incredible is that this whole thing is based in love. 1 Corinthians 16, 13-14 says, Be on your guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be strong. And do everything in love. For me, 
That is the perfect instruction. And this idea of being on your guard, and I've talked with this with my kids many times, and so it might seem repetitive, but as you've seen throughout this letter, and as you see in in 16, that Paul repeats a lot of the things that he already said, because he finds it to be so important. And the reason that these things are important is because it is critical for their faith in thriving and doing what God has called them to do. And his first instruction is to be on your guard. And what this means for me is that God did not design us to just sit back and not do anything, but God designed us to be active and to fight for our faith. That he created us to be warriors and to be fighters. And to prove my point, I don't want to go first to examples in the Word that talk about us, but I want to go first to the identity of God. And you look in Psalm 18, my favorite psalm. It's 13 through 19. And David is crying out to God, and and God answers, and it says, The Lord thundered from heaven, and the voice of the Most High resounded. He shot his arrows and scattered the enemy with great bolts of lightning. He routed them. And the valleys of the sea were exposed, and the foundations of the earth laid bare at your rebuke, Lord, at the blast of breath from your nostrils. He reached down from on high and took hold of me. He drew me out of deep waters, and he rescued me from my powerful enemy. And from my foes who were too strong for me, they were confronted They confronted me in the day of my disaster, but the Lord was my support. He brought me out into a spacious place, and he rescued me because he delighted in me. We have a God that in his very nature, for his image-bearing creation, he will lay waste to our enemies. God is fighting for you. And in this world, it may seem like nothing serious is going on, and it may seem like everything is normal, but I promise that there is a war going on around you. And God is fighting by your side, whether you realize it or not, but our God is most definitely a warrior God. That he gets off his throne, and he fights the battles that we are involved in. He fights the battles for his children. But he created us in his image. And I believe that means that we are warriors as well. And you go back to Genesis. And you read, and it's Genesis 2.15. It said, the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. Now this word in Hebrew, this word that, the, that we take is take care or to keep it. That it also means to be on guard and to protect it. That when God put man in the garden, his intention and, and, and what he wanted was to protect the thing that I gave you. And I know that this is true because right after this we see that God labels the problem. That we see in Genesis 3. He says you can eat from any garden, but hey, don't eat from these trees. And in Genesis 3, we see the serpent come in 
to tempt and for Adam and Eve to eat of that tree. God knew that an enemy was coming and he said, I have put you here for a purpose and it is to protect and it is to fight. And we failed. But Adam was always meant to be a protector of what God has given him. And this isn't some of us. This isn't, this isn't like some that are strong. This isn't just some of us in this, in this room today. God is talking to all of us. That some of you might think, oh, I'm not strong or I'm not cut out to be this way. That somebody else can take care of it. They're warriors. Those people are warriors. Those people are strong. But like, I, I just can't do that. That is a lie. That if you were created in the image of God, that you have a purpose. And that purpose is to fight. And that might look differently in each and every one of your lives, but that purpose is still the same. To fight for your faith, to fight for the Lord, to fight for your body, which is around you. It's not some, but all of us. We were created to fight. But what are we fighting for? First Corinthians continues on. To stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong, and do everything in love. And Paul is instructing us to, hey man, get uncomfortable. This idea of standing firm, that's not a comfortable thing. That's a warrior thing where you are ready for the battle, that you are prepared for the waves that are coming, for the arrows that are coming. That you are alert and that you are aware of your surroundings. That God and Paul here is saying that you have to participate in this faith of yours. That if you are not actively participating in it, then the enemy has tricked you and distracted you and got you comfortable in your chairs or your pews. Has whispered so many lies to sit you down, to lay you down so that you look just like the world and nothing like Jesus Christ. So what do we fight for? We fight for our faith. He says to be courageous. Being courageous is not to be without fear. It's to stand in the face of fear and to say, God, I will walk where you tell me to go. And even though it might be scary and it might be tough and there's a lot of unknowns, I will still go where you call me to go. That is what real courage is. That is what real strength is. And in Matthew 10, 16, Jesus lays it out kind of obviously. He says, you are sheep and I am leading you into wolves. I am calling you to go out into the den of wolves. That is dangerous. And that takes courage. That takes perseverance and that takes grit. Seniors, you are going into a new place in your life. 
And it is scary. And can we perfectly prepare you for what is coming next? No. And have I failed a lot of you? Yes. And I hate that I have. But with my last opportunity, I want to share with you that you are stronger than you think. That God has created you in his image. That he wants you to be courageous, to stand firm, and to be strong. That even though there are going to be wolves around you, right, the world sees the sheep and says, oh, it's easy, pray. That it's easy pickings. And it can be. But in Matthew 10, it also says, do not fear the wolf. Fear the Lord. And when you fear the Lord and know the Lord, that you can look out and be a sheep in the den of wolves and say, no, I know my God. I know he is with me. And I know his truth. There are a lot of lies that aren't just coming for the seniors, that are coming for all of us. And these lies are meant to distract you from who you are and from who God is. And he wants to lay you down and get you comfortable. But if you are with God, then you have an enemy. And for me... For me, it's myself. That I'm a lazy person and it is so easy to just sit back on the couch and do the thing. And yeah, I could talk about God in the comfortable setting. and But really what my life looks like is just, you know, going about my days and days and days past and not really doing anything for the Lord. Not really challenging myself. Not really getting uncomfortable. That I just sit and I sit and I sit. And I waste my opportunities and I waste the blessings that God gives me. That I am lazy. And I challenge myself and I challenge all of you to fight against yourself. Fight against that sin nature that says, no, just sit back, just relax. You deserve it. You don't have to serve. You don't have to get up from that pew. You don't have to do this. Somebody else will do it. These are the temptations that come through my mind. And I have to fight against them. And seniors, I want you to fight against them. And the other enemy, which Ephesians 6 declares, is it's not the people around you that are your enemies. That there is something going on much more spiritual than just what you see. But all around you, there are things fighting for your life. And this is real. And the enemy is dangerous. And if you aren't standing firm, if you aren't courageous, if you're not willing to stand up for Jesus Christ and say, I know what just happened was wrong. I'm going to say something or I'm going to do something. Or I see somebody that is hurting and is in need of love that is different from everybody else around them. And it might be uncomfortable to be associated with them, but I'm going to stand next to them and love them and pray for them and be there for them and fight for them. Because that is what God has called me to do. Is that challenging? Yes. Is it uncomfortable? Yes. But in the uncomfort, 
The blessings of God reside. And your true identity in the Lord is there. You do not know who you are when you are comfortable. Things are easy. Right? Goliath didn't know who he was. I really don't believe that. He didn't have to fight for anything in his life. He was the strongest. Easy pick. Just do you. You got, you got it taken care of. But David, who in comparison to Goliath, it was obvious that he stood no chance. And what an uncomfortable situation that was. At least for me, at least as I'm thinking about it. Look, when I was in high school, seniors, I was uh, 140 pounds. I had a big old head. And some of y'all saw my my hair back in the day. It was just like, it was covering my eyes. Right? So it was just all over my face. It didn't look good. Or I thought it looked good. And I just think of that kid going up against Goliath. And that would be uncomfortable for me. But God challenged David and said, you do this for me and I will provide a way out of this situation. That I will bring victory when it seems like only loss can be had. And David won because he trusted the Lord. So how do we fight for these things? Right, we're, we're called to be fighters. I believe we're called to be warriors. And we know that there are enemies around us, but how? I believe the first step in knowing this is that your faith is not a passive thing. That it is an active lifestyle. That it's not about just coming and sitting down on a certain day every certain week. That's passive. But a real faith works hard. It doesn't produce, it doesn't earn you salvation. But real faith works for the Lord. It submits itself to the Lord and says, you are God, you are good, you are perfect, you are all-knowing. So whatever you say, wherever you call me to go, I'm going and I'm swinging. Seniors, you are all going to different places. And those places have wolves. And those places have enemies. But you are not alone. And you have the power of God beside you. And I love that Paul ends it with do everything in love. How do we fight for our faith? How do we fight for these things? We do it in love. There are people around you that need you. There are people in your life that you can serve. There are people in your life that you can lay your life down for. And that is what God has called us to do. We try to complicate it. 
We try to make it more than what God has created to be. But the greatest command is love me and love others. Fight for your brothers and sisters around you. Love the people that are different from you and be a light to the lost. This is how you fight for your faith. You cannot have a passive faith. You can't. That faith does not exist. But an active faith, no matter how old you are, whether you're a senior in high school or like David Bromley said to uh, our, our other elders up there, senior citizens, I didn't say that. David Bromley did. But even with them, they serve the Lord and they work for the Lord. You have a purpose And you can do incredible things for God. And that might look like just loving the person beside you and pouring out for them like Jesus poured out for all of us. So if you're at this place in your life, maybe you're a senior, maybe you're younger, maybe you're older. If you're at this place in life where you're looking at this faith and you're like, I don't really know what this is about. Or if you're looking at your life and you know what, I've been passive for years. I haven't done anything for God in years that I've been comfortable in my chair, that I've been doing nothing. Or maybe you feel that you want to be more than what you are right now. Maybe you feel that in your heart that you have been called to something much more important and much more powerful. If you need help, this church is here for you. I would not have been able to serve these kids, but also be up here today if it wasn't for this church body. God has gifted us to never be alone. And whether that's through the Holy Spirit or a gift of a body of Christ, which he wants you desperately to be a part of, you can fight for the Lord. And you can fight for your faith. If you're searching for faith, if you're searching for God, he is here and he has been right beside you this whole time. If you need help, we are here. If you need prayers, we are here. If you want to discover the overwhelming joy of Jesus Christ, he is here, and we are too. So if you need to respond, please come as we stand and sing.